0: This call is being recorded.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies. Uh, Obviously, we've got a lot to get to here today. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Mr. Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns-wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. We'll start here, Browns-wise. Um, and there's no lying. Um, obviously Joe's, you know, been on the show, big fans, obviously of Joe. It's just the story of that type of player. A guy who's a walk on in college ends up finding a spot here. Um, somewhat of an afterthought as a draft pick here with the Cleveland Browns ends up becoming, you know, the predominant Mike linebacker, hundred tackles three years in a row, uh, Obviously, and people I've talked out to said the Browns have no interest in paying pretty much anybody at the linebacker position. But then you see the contract, and everybody on the face of it, five years, fifty million and change, ten point seven five per, but only twenty two million guaranteed. Um, to Joe and his wife Megan, I uh, appreciate you guys all for your time and being so kind to me. Um, stinks and sucks to hate to see you guys move on. But Pete, before we, you know even get into this enough, we've got a bunch to get to here today. This contract on the surface, we would have signed up for this in a freaking heartbeat, dude.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, he got the most money in terms of overall value. He got the second most in terms of annual average. And then he barely got more, you know, guaranteed, but that entirely depends on how the contract's laid out. But yeah, I mean, if you were to say, you could have signed up for Joe Schobert for, you know, a little under 11 million average per year. I mean, yeah, instantly. Um, You know, obviously it certainly seems like this isn't about Joe Schobert As far as the Browns are concerned, I think if he was a corner, he's a defensive end, the deal would already be done. I think it's just the approach they are taking with linebacker in general. Um, and, And you've seen it so far. I mean, Maybe they still even, you know, uh, after free agency tampering period started, they did talk to Schobert. but I think with him in Jacksonville, um, I think they're going to go quantity over quality and get, you know, a bunch of cheap guys and draft picks and really just use that money and, and draft capital on the defensive line on that secondary. And you know, the, we'll see if that's the right approach, but it, there's an argument to make for it. I mean, uh, it's frustrating to see Joe Schobert go from the simple fact that he, uh, you know, is a homegrown talent. They drafted him in the fourth round, uh, Pro Bowl player, uh, and, you know, you'd like to see those guys guys get rewarded and stick around, but the Browns are not, you know, they're not awful anymore. So they now actually have to make real decisions about who they're going to keep and who they're going to let go. And, you know, it it sucks from the standpoint that you'd like to see a guy who sort of is the ideal representation of the team stick around and, and, you know, enjoy the prime years of his career and really his whole career with the Browns. At the same time, you're, you're thrilled for him that he is getting, you know, a five year 53 point seven, $5 million deal. And you hope he gets every dime of it. And he's great for the Jags. Um, and, you know, now the pressure is sort of on because the Browns have made four total moves um, on the offensive side of the ball, but at least to this point, they have not done anything on defense. It doesn't mean they're not trying. They are trying. Uh, they, are, they have, you know, irons in the fire, so to speak, but that's sort of where this goes. It's, you know, it, uh, there are a lot of people who can sort of listen and go, yeah, I, I, I can sort of see your argument for why you don't want to keep show at that price or, or you don't value linebacker at that price, but now you got to show me what you're going to do. And ultimately you have to win football games. Otherwise, you know, it becomes the next iteration of, of Mitchell Schwartz leaving the, the clear difference here is that, you know, when they let Mitchell Schwartz go and this was, you know, when Sashi Brown did and it was his biggest mistake of his tenure here, they weren't making other moves. Whereas in this case, they've, you know, they've signed uh, Jack Conklin, they've signed uh, Austin Hooper, and they've signed Case Keenum so far. Hopefully they're not done, uh, but they are doing things. It's just a question of now, where does this thing sort of go?
1: Um, And, you know, one thing money-wise also, also obviously, you know, for uh, Joe, you know, you go to Florida and, you know, obviously they'll purchase a home there and no state income tax. So that's going to save them uh, in the long game all as far waffle
0: as you know, house he
1: can eat. yes all the waffle house he can eat you got a young baby um disney world isn't too far away um and for two kids who grew up in wisconsin um put the snow shovels away and you ain't gotta worry about that nonsense that bs anymore not that it really snows much anymore anyway anywhere but um and the browns obviously were active today pete 2021 seventh round pick sent to the denver broncos for andy janovich uh Andy Janovich out of University of Nebraska um if you're looking for a picture of a fullback, make sure you just go check out what Andy Janovich looks like this is what you're looking for um early in the fall here 2019 got signed to a three-year I believe it was like 5.6 5.7 million dollar extension um you know then actually uh had a bad elbow dislocation injury um not good um but talking with Ben Albright, talking with our own uh, Cody Roark who covers, you know, lockdown browns, these guys speak the world of them, plays special teams, uh, blocks well. If you actually throw it to him, he can catch it. Um, you know, in a pinch, you know, if you need him to actually carry the ball, he can do that as well. Uh, this was and everybody kind of fell in love. Look, the fullback was not signed in January. Everybody, anybody you're signing in January, it's not gonna be the guy. He seems great. Everybody loves him here, and he's Trying to do his best, uh, Andy Janovich is going to be the fullback for this team unless something you know terribly goes wrong. Um, but you look, it's not a pick for this year, which is fantastic. And we talked about this Pete with this draft class. There is no fullback to be had um, with uh, the uh, the youngest Watt brother going to Pittsburgh today. It was drying up; the the pool was getting dry. You got a guy here who can do the job. Obviously, it's a part of what they need to do with this offense. It's essential. Um, and again, this is it now. I mean, I don't know, you know, obviously you're going to want to look tackle here in the draft, but for the most part, you got the offensive side taken care of, you know, things we'll get to later here. It's certainly time to start, you know, getting some fence posts in on the defensive side, because it's getting looking a little weak over there, but Andy Janovich, for what the price you paid, what you're getting in a known commodity plays special teams along with being able to do everything is going to be required from the fullback position. This is a good one. It's it's simple, easy. Okay, we'll take
0: it. Well, I mean, he's been better than Derek Watt so far in his career, and the Steelers, at least the uh, reported deal, is over three million a season. Where Janovich is currently on a deal that pays him about one point five million per season for three years, with an out after this year, um, and unless they plan to renegotiate that for some reason, it's cheaper. He's better uh he had a dislocated elbow last year that ended his season but he's uh been effective and he can catch the ball he is a guy who can pick up short yardage uh if you need him to and uh, you know the bronco you know the the, the there are people who are going to look at this and go well this guy must suck because they only gave him a 7th round pick in 2021 20, and the reason they gave up uh for not basically nothing is because uh, when the when uh, the Broncos hired Pat Shermer to be our offensive coordinator, he doesn't use a real, a full, you know, true fullback. So he had no value to them. So they got something rather than cutting him. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that he's a good player and has been a good player. Obviously he needs to be healthy. Uh, presumably he will be, but you know, that's, that's smart, prudent planning by the Browns who gets, you know, a guy who, janovich isn't just like a guy. He's a guy who's played in this type of offense. He's played in that, you know, that Shanahan style of zone game at the fullback position, which is kind of a big deal for what the Bronze are going to do. And, you know, unless somebody comes in and, and makes a play for Kareem Hunt, Tampa, I'm looking at you. If you really, you know, you need a tailback. You've got Tom Brady. You really need a tailback. Um, you know, it, Kareem Hunt's best football has been played behind a fullback in his own scheme who could do basically the reading for him and Janovich can do that, which, you know, if they're gonna have both of them, then that's, you know, a a, a huge benefit. But I, I think for people who, you know, haven't really watched the Broncos or whatever, um, they're probably gonna be like a, you know, I don't know who uh you know who 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 this guy is, but I expect uh, the more people look into it and get into him. And I expect uh, uh, that uh, Nicole Chatham, if she uh, ever shows up on Twitter again, between her, her job and her kid uh, who who has to suffer through Broncos games, probably has some positive things about Andy Janovich, but he's a, a good player uh, that I think really, really addresses something the Broncos need for virtually nothing.
1: Yeah, uh, and look, I mean, 2021 seventh, whatever. And, you know, maybe there'll be a chance where they get a compensatory seventh and they can screw somebody else like Houston was able to screw Cleveland this year, whatever, however it works out. Glad to have him. Good move, you know. And again, yeah, obviously, dislocated elbow, it's not a great thing, but it's not an ACL. It's not a rotator cuff. It's not a labrum. It's not a pec. It's something that when it's healed, he's ready to go. And, Again, guys, just Google a pick of them. F- fits the part. Thirty bench reps um, at the combine in 2016. Former sixth round pick. Uh, you know, this is what you're looking for. This is ideally the type of guy. So again, something else put to bed. Not that you were going to be able to really solve it through the draft anyway. But any Janovich, welcome to the fold. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Uh, please uh, at Jen Cisco. If you need more information on Twitter, um, she this is the shirts that go along with the, the, that's what be said podcast. Um, great gal. She's doing a great job over there, busting her butt. The shirts are going to be a lot cheaper than when you see a lot of people asking for this stuff. So go ahead and check it out. She does a great job. Jen's a great gal. Um, product is fun. Just like everything goes along with the podcast with the girls, Jen's great gal and has a lot of fun with it. Go ahead. Let's help her out here as everybody trying to scrape everything they can here to get on by. Uh, Pete, I, I can't believe we're even going to say this. And it was weird this morning seeing it. it you know, Tom Brady is not going to be a New England Patriot. Tom Brady is not going to retire. Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You know, maybe he's become a snowbird, whatever. I don't see how he fits with Bruce Arians in the offense. This is just the weirdest thing. Um, granted, Mike Evans is there and Godwin is fantastic. You have Howard. You know, we'll see what they do with the running back position. You want to give up that two pick, like Pete said, I'm in. Um, but uh, the whole thing just seems weird. And I guess maybe for Tom or however this is working out, it's, you know, maybe seeing the way things would. Be somewhere else it just seems really 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 strange you know take icons of all major sports i mean granted you know jordan went and played with the wizards that type of thing ball it just seems really really freaking strange be uh
0: yeah i think the tom brady and uh bruce arians are polar opposites in terms of what they do uh, maybe bruce arians will adjust we'll see um obviously you know they've got they've got Receiving talent uh, all over the place, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, are phenomenal. Um, they've got some interesting tight ends. Um, they have nothing at running back, which is the question. And, then, and the other question is, do they have enough of an offensive line? And if you insist on running, you know, sort of Bruce Arian's scheme, that offensive line's got to be even better because it tends to have the quarterback take hits and hold the ball too long. And Tom Brady ain't about that life. As he will easily just throw, he will quickly just decide it's not there and throw it away. So um, they've got to come together on that to make it make sense. Uh, you know. And the other part of that is, do they have enough on defense? And the answer is no. So they've got a lot, of, a lot of work to do to make this make sense. I don't see how they're better than the the Saints. Um, but, uh, you know, the Panthers are basically done and they're not even trying this year. Um, whether they have Teddy Bridgewater or not, they're going to be bad. And the Falcons are, are, are seemingly preparing to take a, a step backwards, trying to sort of retool. Maybe they could be feisty. So it just seems like short of cat, cat, uh, catastrophe, it's the Saints division to lose. And there's a question of the the Bucks or the Falcons are going to be, you know, that next thing up. Now, obviously – you know the the new playoff format with your seventh seed goes in this year. So I mean, if your mindset is well, we just got to get there, then the the Bucks certainly have a puncher's chance to get there and then see what happens. But overall, I have more questions than answers.
1: Yeah, I, I just I don't see how it all works. I mean, like if you were looking at Tampa Bay and you're going to say, hey, they were just a quarterback away, um, but you know, you know, Jameis Winston and look, Jameis Winston, you know, and who's what. 17 years younger than Tom Brady, he never agile, but, you know, he has a hard time getting away from any of it, Um, the pass rush. um, And right now the offensive line is going to look like it's a complete redo. Imagine a 43-year-old, almost 44-year-old, and Tom is always one of those take two steps to the right and just throw the ball to the line of scrimmage and call it a day. So it's strange. It's weird. It's, I mean, we're going to have to like, probably invoke the fine rule for the time of saying Tom Brady in anything other than the New England Patriots, um, just craziness. Uh, Pete, the Bengals decided to get in the fray today. Uh, DJ Reader, not a terrible move. The money uh, definitely sounds like, you know, <laughs> please, please come play for us, whatever it is. We'll, we'll, but um, could you imagine playing <laughs> Trey Wayne's, the same contract of Jack Conklin? Um the Bengals, I love you and I feel bad i keep saying it, I feel bad for Jake and Joe. I get it. If anybody can sympathize, it's me. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you know, i I don't see how any of this changes much.
0: Um the Bengals got one effective player. DJ Reader's a nice, nice player in the middle of that line. They still obviously have Geno Atkins. Um they still have Carlos Dunlap. And some of those pass rushers, um, Trey Wayne's. I mean, I, I guess you're saying we need to cover Marquise Brown down the field. Um, other than that, I don't get it. He's a boundary corner. He's not a particularly good one. That's a lot of money to give him. He's fast. When you give him ahead, of, full steam ahead. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't get it. Uh, it's a lot. Of, again, as you mentioned, it's the same deal basically as Jack Conklin. That's a lot of money. Um, that's, I mean, again, they, they may have a better plan than, than, the, than the Vikings have the past couple of years with him, but that seems like an aspirational signing to me. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it's there. He's getting $20 million this year. So on that part, it's going to really, it's just like, again, just like Conklin. So it's really going to reduce the sort of financial Hardship on them initially, but you know, I I don't think Trey Wayne's makes them better.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how they got better anyway whatsoever today. I mean, Reader is a nice move, but I mean, you could have just kept Andrew Billings, which would have cost you less money. And Andrew Billings, hey, want to move up on North and get yourself away from that Skyline jelly life? We've got a home for you, young man. Certainly got a home for you. Um, Pete, now, uh, earlier today, apparently. The Vikings maybe don't necessarily want Anthony Harris long-term, and this isn't a terrible idea, saying, look, you know, whatever, if you want to negotiate the contract, we slap a tag on him, we'll take a draft pick, you know, move on from there. Um, And with some of the draft needs now kind of maybe put to bed, and obviously we're going to commit to safety in the draft as it is, we've talked about this class. We're not sure where the value is or what we like, or what we actually even would even be in love with the draft here. Is there a pick we're comfortable giving up with Harris for me? I'd say, I, I would start with 115 um, so I can get my first four targets or at least positional targets handled in that value. But then, and but the problem is though, is, you know, with giving up a pick for him, and then having to give him a deal, there is that feel of, you know, I've got to pay twice for him, essentially.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing comes down to the fact that, you know, the the, the this deal looked great or he looked great when it was just sign him, you know, have the best offer and go get him. You, now you're paying like a tax that you didn't see coming. And that sucks. The other part of that is I don't know how the Vikings have any leverage. Um, They don't really have the means to sign in themselves. So it's hard to see where they go with this. Like, I mean, maybe there's an NFL team who will give give it, you know, give them a pick they like. I mean, Mary Kay Cabot is reporting a second or third round pick, which is just insane. No. Um, if somebody gives them sort of a pick that's like, you know, a little little sweetener to move off of this, just to make sure they get him, I guess you could make an you know, I, – I just feel like the NFL is basically going to say, you know, for the most part they're going to be like, well, we'll just see what the rest of the market does first, and then we'll come talk to you because there's no urgency. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if, you know – at the end of this, the Vikings just end up rescinding the tag and he walks uh, and they take what would be, a, you know, presumably a third round compensatory pick in 2021. And the other part of this that, like, you know, when they, when they applied the tag, I don't know if they, how confident they were in getting that Stefan Diggs deal. They got themselves an extra first round pick, an extra fifth round pick, an extra sixth round pick this year and a fourth round pick in 2021. You know, obviously if they can get like a second or third round pick, Um, you'd love to do that. But I'm curious if they really want another 2020 draft pick or if they'd rather get one, uh, you know, later. In this case, you know, a fourth this year is worth a third next year. You may just want the third next year. But, you know, the Browns don't have that fifth-round pick, so it's like the difference between a fourth and a sixth. And if you give up that fourth-round pick, you're looking at the end of round three unless you trade – down or trade up or some some combination of things you don't pick from the the end of the third round till the top of the or till the relative beginning of the sixth round to me that's that's a no-go um and you only have seven picks obviously that could change but i if i'm the browns again i'd be looking at you know adrian phillips i'd be looking at carl joseph i'd be looking at ha ha clinton Dix. i'd be looking at von bell for right now and maybe if those guys don't go where you want them to go um then you can come back and and discuss this but to me i just think it you know the the anthony harris is just sort of out of the game for the time being and then you can come back and look at it he's 29 um he's a great player he's been great the past two years you could get him for three four years and he should still be very good it's not Um, you know, ideal to to pay a a max contract for a safety that's going to be, you know, suddenly in his his, his 30s, but he has been very good. Uh, But, you know, is that really worth it to sort of add a, you know, a veteran, a very veteran player? I mean, again, he might be very good for you very quickly, but is that sort of enough to make that move? I I don't know if it is. I mean, you could always go the Malcolm Jenkins route. He he was just released. He wasn't happy about his uh, contract. Uh, In Philadelphia, I I just think there's a lot of safety options. I still think the draft is pretty bad for them, especially for what, um, you know, Joe Woods wants in safeties. But, yeah, I'm not in a hurry to sort of run up and and make a deal for Anthony Harris. I think part of the reason um, that uh, people are so anxious about it is they don't realize how much the safety market hasn't moved at all. Like, because of the franchise tag they put on Anthony Harris, you know, the only things that have happened are, are Jimmy Ward re-signed with the 49ers and Trey Boston re-signed with the Panthers. None of the big players, that just outright free agents have moved. And I, I, I think there's a feeling that, you know, that all these teams, are, that all these free agents are sort of scooped up and the Browns need to make a move before they run out. And that's one position that just hasn't really moved yet.
1: Well, we've talked about this the last couple of years. I mean, you know, the safety market was booming. And you know maybe the Vikings made the decision based on that, um, but you look at Boston and you look at Jimmy Ward. Um, so right now the Vikings are essentially holding Anthony Harris with holy crap we might have to pay him thirteen million and change this year, um, which is probably something they do not want to do. Um, granted they they've got to completely put together a secondary. Um, you have uh, you have Harrison Smith and essentially nobody in that secondary. I mean Mike Hughes. That's fine. That's one. But, I mean, you've got a lot to do there. But they may have kind of, like, you know, jumped the shark here and realizing, you know, thinking that maybe the safety market was going to continue, which it hasn't to this point. So you essentially have, you know, you average franchise tag, you average together the top five at the position, and that's what the franchise tag number is. And I there's a couple of guys making almost $14 million. So Anthony Harris would be $13 million and change. I'm not sure that's what the Vikings want to do. So there's certainly a good possibility they want to – may end up having to rescind that because people are going to say, well, you, you can't afford this. You're not going to be able to pay him. So I'm not, again, I'm not going to pay you twice for Anthony Harris. Um, But also again, now with the Browns, you, we've talked at, we talked a ton about double dipping at the safety position. Well, I mean at the tackle position, it doesn't, you're not going to have to do that now at least high. Yes, Pete, I still agree. If you want to add one on day three development, I that's fine. But 41-74.
0: They took one of the first round and took one of the second round. Just saying.
1: Pete's <laughs> punting on defense these days. Apparently the same way the Browns are. But, I mean, look, they, 41. Yeah, Grant just, a
0: really good group, and they want fat kids. And, you know, that seems to be where they're putting their money. But, yeah, I mean, it sort of gives them added flexibility.
1: Well, which also brings up something which we'll get to later this week where maybe 10 might be, uh, you know, put it in reverse and we'll go draft closer to 18, 19, 20 which we'll have some fun with later in the week. But, yeah, this is where, Chase, where you know Minnesota may have overplayed their hand and maybe shot themselves in the foot here um, because I don't think they have any interest in paying Anthony Harris $13 million. and now with the market the way it's been, and usually this stuff gets taken care of quickly, the higher paid, Most of the highest paid contracts are kind of out of the realm here. Um, moving on here, Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith rolling you through. On Tuesday, second day of the legal, quote-unquote, tampering period, all this stuff starts to become official tomorrow. Uh, the Google Home, if you got it, everybody's home right now, and it's weird. Um, and I'll tell you right now, I, me and my entire family home today. It's Tuesday. It's 9 a.m., and even the dogs are looking at us like, dude, something's wrong here. I, like, I, I don't know what my dogs do during the day, but apparently they got something going on um, because they don't seem too thrilled that this house is filled with people. But if you got a Google Home, ask it to play you the latest Cleveland Browns news. Uh, you get daily things from me, one minute, five minute. Obviously, all of this stuff, off season wise. You know, um, you know, Joe moving on, whether you know Chinenovich coming in, all that stuff. If you got a Google Home, ask it to play you the latest Google news and more of me in your life. Come on, guys. I'm sure that's exactly what every single one of you want. Pete, to break up the monotony here and maybe the cabin fever for everybody. We're going to do this here over a few shows here. We're going to do a football movie mock draft. We're going to be able to take a player character. And I'm always good to you, Pete. I'm the older brother. I'm older brother. Christ, As in your eyes, I'm probably like the great uncle. I will give you first pick, but we're going to do this over the next couple of shows here when we're together. So you're on the clock here, Pete. Number one overall. Football player from a football movie. How's Pete Smith building his fictional movie football roster?
0: Uh, let's see. The best the best movie football player I've ever seen is the left tackle from uh, the program, the dude from Herman's Head. Uh, so I'd probably take him. Good enough in pass protection that he can – Sing wow, pass proing, even though it's clear as day, he's not actually doing that. The way that you <laughs> slow mo talk normal speed through plays, but yes, he's phenomenal.
1: Okay. So, uh, well, actually, here then to put, uh, you know, a checker on a checker, so to speak, I will go with from Friday to Friday Night Lights. Um, you want that DN killer, the guy that can do it all. Um, I'll go with Ivory Christian. Uh, the Miles Garrett, so to speak, 25 years ago from uh you know from Friday Night Lights, Ivy Christian, the DN Odessa Perriman. So uh Pete going left tackle here. Gives me like you know, the Tony Baselli of the football movie, uh, left tackle. So not a bad pick for Pete, not a bad pick for me. So we're gonna keep track of these and uh, we'll have some fun with it. Uh guys, hit me with this look. I mean, I know everybody's getting close to the point of cabin fever. And uh we'll get to a couple of listener questions here. Uh Pete. Yeah, the Kerrygold. All right, sir. Nod. The only thing that threw me a little bit is it's kinda got a like a margarine look to it because it is very yellow. The Kerrygold on a bagel today, the cinnamon raisin bagel. Damn good, bud. Nice call. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's uh
0: yeah. It's it's good for good for eating, good for cooking. It just uh, enhances enhances your life quality. And now what'll happen is you'll get stuck with butter and you'll just be like disappointed and sad, going, really, I have to do with this?
1: Well, for the most part, my butter is really with cooking. Like I'm not a butter roll guy, I'm not a big bagel guy, but I had to give this thing a fair test, and I did. So that is where we're at. Um, we'll get to hear some listener questions here. Um, Sadly, I'm sure we've probably already knocked most of this out of the box, but let's see what we got here. Um, Will Park's defensive back. Um, ben Albright is one hyping him up, and there may be some interest here. But, uh, Pete, yeah, I mean, they got to have to start, you know, doing something here. And even if it's, you know, one year, three mil, where these guys may not make the roster, kind of start getting, getting some bodies in here in this uh, secondary, or even on defense, for God's sakes.
0: Who is Ben Albright hyping up?
1: Will Parks? Safety?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, there's been no movement, so it's like, it sucks because on the one hand, basically, like, two of the three safeties that have signed with different teams are Eric Murray and Justin Burris. So, it feels like the Bronx have basically, like, you know, lost everybody, and they have. They only have two guys on the roster uh, in Childrick Redwine and J.T. Hassel, who are both you know would be will be second year players just like their linebackers are Joni Taki Taki Mac Wilson and they've got uh uh the kid out of Iowa State last year we will all be second you know second year guys good luck uh, Joe. good but, luck yeah. Joe Woods <laughs> here's what you got so far yeah so i mean it's like frustrating to say you know they they haven't moved at safety because it is a real issue but it's not a position that has had movement so you don't have to really worry about it linebacker you know, is becoming more of a concern. Again, I I, I think they're going to go the cheaper route. Um, So I'm, I'm not overly concerned. I think they're going to go, you know, and get, you know, grab bad guys. Uh, the guy is kind of interesting. I know a lot of people were mentioning him earlier, uh, was uh, Nickel Roby, the slot guy from the Rams. Yep. He's going to be free, you know, for what, uh, Joe Woods appears to want to do have more of a pure old school, you know, that smallish, super twitchy corner, as opposed to, you know, maybe going a little bit bigger, like some of these teams like to do. Um, he's sort of the the guy to do that. I mean, he's, he's an itty bitty little thing. He's, you know, might be five, eight, uh, but he's really good at that job. And, you know, with, with the Browns having, uh, you know, Denzel Ward, a theoretic, you know, obviously he can he could do some slot things if they wanted him to. Gritty Williams is a boundary guy. Um, if they want to leave those guys out there, a guy like uh, Nickel Roby could come in and sort of give them that third guy and at least set that position up because that's sort of one of the, you know, lesser discussed needs that have propped up because in in one sense, you know, if they if they did resign Eric Murray or if they did resign Justin Burris then those guys can sort of be a factor in that slot type thing. But as it is now, they, they really don't have that guy. Yeah, the other guy that's there um, is Terrence Mitchell. There's no reason to think he's going to be gone. They have some options with him. They've got some depth. But, yeah, they they need some slot help. So safety is sort of that clog. We're sort of waiting to get sorted out and see who's going to really make that, that move. That Jimmy Ward contract is big, which it leaves me concerned. Um, About where safety costs are going to go, but uh, yeah, corners and linebackers are are where uh, things need to get moving, and and defensive line depth is going uh, quick. Um, You know, Quentin Jefferson and uh, the kid who did nothing uh, for for Carolina are both going to Buffalo. Uh, What's his face? The defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech, Vernon Butler. Anyway. Yeah, they're both going to But Buffalo. I mean if you,
1: I'll tell you right now, I mean Buffalo is going to have people they're going to have to cut cuz it's getting like really deep there quickly, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, so I mean th- there's those guys. On the other hand, a guy like Linball Joseph is still sitting there and he may be sitting there for a little while and he's a guy that obviously would be ideal for what the Browns want to do. They they know him. Uh having coaches in the building from Minnesota and he's he's great for that. Um but yeah, defensive end edge depth is a question mark, uh, and and that's going pretty quick. Emmanuel Agholor got fifteen million dollars over two from the Dolphins, who hopefully are done signing people because they've been overpaying so much that they think that some of these players are thinking they're going to get all this money. They're not. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, Falcons pass rusher Vic Be- Beasley got like twelve nine million. That could be twelve million from the Titans for a year. Uh, Leonard Floyd is now sitting out there, available. Well, then give the me Correa because I could probably
1: pay him less than Vic Beasley got.
0: Yeah, but I, it seems like the Titans are actually using him as an inside backer now, or at least listing him that way. Uh, it, Carl Nassib just got three years for twenty-five million dollars and seventeen million of his fully guaranteed from the Raiders. For all those guys who said he sucked, not um, real players, Pete. Not real players. I don't see that kind of demand for one, uh, you know, one, one Chadley Thomas. Uh, so, and I don't think, you know, I, I said before, I don't think Carl Matthews is a good fit for the season, but nevertheless, I mean, I, I, I they, those positions, I think are getting a little more stressful. Uh, so we got to see where they go with this.
1: Um, and we'll we'll close on this name because it's popular and, Obviously, guys, I get it, former Buckeye. And funny thing about Malcolm Jenkins is um, I remember writing a draft report for Malcolm Jenkins pre him returning to Ohio State, and Malcolm Jenkins, the corner, came to the NFL as a safety, played a senior year at Ohio State at the safety position. This would be a nice get, Pete. The question would be money. And, you know, Malcolm is – he's a guy we both respect because he's about, you know, about what's right and what's wrong in the world. Um you'd get a solid leader, you'd get a solid player, but you do understand that it's there's certainly a time stamp, so to speak, with Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, at any given time, you know, could you know, tire could blow out, and then you realize the car ain't so great anymore. The guys had a long, long, long run. But certainly a name to definitely consider and yeah, obviously a New Jersey native, um, you know, New Orleans, obviously Ohio State, New Orleans, Philadelphia Eagles. Would he want to run back to Ohio for a little bit? You know, maybe close it on out. But the player himself, yeah, uh, he wants to come. Let's dance.
0: Yeah, I, again, Malcolm Jenkins is great. He's great on the field. He's great off the field. Uh, he's thirty-two years old. Uh, you know, is Cleveland where he wants to spend? You know, potentially his last few seasons. I don't know. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He may want to compete. I mean, he's the type of guy that somehow ends up with the New England Patriots or, you know, maybe ends up with the, the Bucks. I mean, he allegedly has a good relationship with the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. I don't know if, you know, this is the place where he wants to sort of, you know, sort of build a defense. Having said that, you know, he's interesting. Uh, he's obviously very good and, and would provide some value from that standpoint. Some of the stuff they lost was Um But part of the reason he was let go is because he wanted, you know, he wasn't happy with his contract. So, you know, does the math make sense on that? Hard to say at this point, Uh, you know, I, I think I would like to think the Bronzer, you know, their moves so far have been 25 years old, 26 years old, and 27 years old. You know, some of those are going to happen during the season and then a, you know, 32 year old backup quarterback. I don't know if a 32 year old, you know, safety is is where they want to go. But he's been good, continues to be good. So maybe he's a factor.
1: Uh, No doubt. Um, Pete, and I I know you've been busting your butt here, and we've been talking about this today. You start to write things up, and, you know, when you hear some news and then you have to scrap it because it ends up not happening. But, uh, I mean, again, I mean, I'm praying for your fingers, Pete, praying for the carpal tunnel. Hope you hang in there, big guy. What's going on over at uh, com?
0: Well, I mean, obviously keeping up with everything, you know, covered the Schobert thing, Rode thing, just about Schobert and his leaving. Uh, and, and, and we'll see where we go. Obviously, uh, the more that happens, the more it's going to be sort of easy to see. It's pretty clear where we're going on the offensive side of the ball. It's just sort of a big question on what's going to happen on defense. I think offensively, you know, the, this thing could be very interesting in terms of, you know, if, if Hooper can be good and David Njoku can be what they hope he is, that that could be sort of your offensive core along with Odell Beckham for, you know, years is pretty enticing. Uh, you know, they, they've got all these toys for Baker Mayfield to play with, at least on paper. You know, if you get that left tackle, you're sitting here going, man, they can do a lot of stuff. I don't expect to do it. And now with Andy, Andy J- Janovich, and I can't say this enough, he's really good. Yep. That he's just another player that does exactly what they want.
1: Yep. It's all fit well together. Um And Abraham, Ben Ruby, Bud Kaminsky, Pete, your first overall pick in the movie, football movie, mock draft. Um, Pete Smith, obviously make sure you're checking out everything through SI.com. Boston has bought him and his team doing a fantastic job covering every, the flurry of activities that are going on. At underscore Pete Smith, underscore the show itself at Locked On Browns. You guys know the drill. Follow that account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, everybody, again, stay safe, stay sound, keep yourselves clean, stay the hell away from people. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.